Varevtis, and welcome to Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. I'm Ospid David Midzorian of Autodot Lodge Number 1 in Boston. Well, never let it be said that the Knights and Daughters of Vartan don't keep up with the times, and this year that means virtual. Grand Commander Stephen Adams and Grand Matron Alice Kalustian have done something that no other Avak Spadabed nor Avak Didui has ever done in the more than 100-year history of our organization. They have both presided over a completely online, virtual grand convocation. The Daughters of Vartan had theirs in late July, while the Knights held their convocation during the second week of August. Today, in our 19th podcast episode, we'll talk to the leaders of both the Knights and Daughters of Vartan, and we'll go behind the scenes to learn how it was all put together, so quickly and so successfully. Our Grand Commander and Grand Matron will share their thoughts on what we, as Knights and Daughters, can all expect in the months ahead as the mission of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan continues amidst this year of the pandemic. Let's begin by heading out to the West Coast and talking to Grand Matron Alice Kalustian in Northridge, California, and Grand Vice Matron Lucille Farsakian, who is in Westlake, California, about an hour away. By all accounts, these two women work very well together. And why not? They've had a lot of practice. Their working relationship, but even more importantly, their friendship goes back a long way. I started at St. Peter Church with my kids in the late 60s. And I think Lucille and John and their families were, I don't know when you, whether you were there then, Lucille, or a little bit later. Our kids grew up in Sunday school together. They grew up in the youth groups together. They put uh, some of the shows on that St. Peter was putting on. We, uh, we worked on committees together. I worked with her husband a lot on the Youth Activity Council. And when I was Diduhi of Guyane, he was Spadabed of Sevan. So we, we go back, I don't know, maybe yes. to the 80s, 70s. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I think you're right. Probably uh, the late 60s, actually, because I believe we moved up here from San Diego in about, uh, let's see, 66, 67. So about the same time. So, yes, we have known each other a very long time and have had great communication over the year and great rapport with each other. And I should mention that both of you are also members of Guyane Otiag number 22. And where specifically in California is that? It's in um, Van Nuys, which is like I'm Northridge, but I'm two and a half miles from the church, okay. which is where Gaini Otiag meets. So even though I'm Northridge and the church is Van Nuys, it's like right across the street from each other almost. One other thing that Avak Didui and myself served with As- uh, Nachin Avak Didui Asi and Sermayan about, thir- was it 13 or 14 years ago on her Avak Horut? So I feel we've had some experience since then. Just a little. Yeah, just a little. (laughs) But one thing you had not had experience with until just very recently was having a completely online grand convocation. And I know that, that both of you and myself included and so many others were planning and hoping to have been in Glendale, California a few weeks ago. Thanks to COVID, that did not happen this year, but uh, the business of both the uh, Daughters and the Knights of Vartan must continue. Once you realized that a face-to-face convocation was just not in the cards this year, 
What plans and steps did you initially take to try to at least be able to get the business of the Daughters of Vartan taken care of this summer? Avagdidui, I'll start with you. When we saw that it was a possibility, of course, then the, then the question started. So what do we do? Do we cut out the events and maybe just do the business? And the convention committee was uh, wondering what to do. Avak Sparabed was wondering what we would be doing. And when we saw that it was not going to happen, I spoke with my Avak Hodurt and we all felt that the business needed to go on. And we were just going to try to figure this out and we would try to do it on Zoom, which I knew nothing about at the time. And it just kind of evolved from there. I've got a tremendous avocadot and they, they're so helpful and so cooperative that we, we set up the meetings. We talked about how to do the, we did our voting ahead of time. We had our committee meetings ahead of time. And I, I, it was a challenge, but I think we were able to get through it okay. Avak Pokhtiri, what were some of the hurdles that you had to overcome to make this work? Well, the hurdles first was, this was a first for all of us, getting everything in place, meetings, who was meeting when, uh, they actually had our appropriations committee meetings, and, and some of these things were done in different areas through the United States. But I have to tell you, Avak Didui was amazing during this because this actually is a first. I think it was more challenging than if we had been at the convocation. We planned for months what we were going to do, how we were going to do it. And honestly, I felt we were extremely organized and it, it seemed to go off without a hitch. That's my opinion. I, I was very, very proud of our Avak Didui and our Avak Hodut for the work they put into this. It was not easy, but like I said, it went very well. How many daughters participated? I think at the business meeting, which was Friday night, I think we had, I'm not sure if it was 69 or 70 uh, members on Zoom. Wednesday morning, I had a Nakin Avak Diduhi meeting. And we had nine, and Lucille and I, so there were 11. Right at, about an hour after that, I had the Grand District Reps, which was the Avakorut, and six Grand District Reps, so a 13 there. And then Thursday night, we had the Diduhi meeting, mm-hmm. and all 18 chapters were represented with the Avakorut, so there was about 24 or 25 on that call. And then we did the um, business meeting on Friday night. And we were, because we did so much ahead of time with the voting and, and the committee meetings and everything, we actually, we did a memorial service. We did some, we did a reinstallation of the present Abachoru to be on for another year. And we can, I think we did it in two hours. We just canceled the Saturday morning meeting. We didn't need it. Anything you wanted to add to that? It sounds fine with me. We also were able to get Avak Spadabed, uh, Steve Adams, to come in and speak to our meeting, as we would normally do at a convocation. I, I really got such good feedback myself on what we did. I think everybody was very surprised that we were able to pull this off, honestly. But if it weren't for organization, it wouldn't have happened. I'm sure of that. Given the fact that we're still in the midst of the pandemic and nobody at this point can 
honestly say with any degree of certainty when it is going to end and when this new normal will begin. What is the outlook for the year ahead for the Daughters of Vartan? Again, given that there is still so much that we don't know about the future, how does this next year look for you? I think we probably are going to continue the way we've been doing things the last few months. The duties, the sisters have been incredibly cooperative and adapting, and it's been difficult learning new technology, especially those of us who are not uh, in that field and don't understand the language even. But we're doing it, and I think one of the, actually there's some benefits that we're learning that whether we're conducting on Zoom or not, we probably will continue. Some of it is because we did committee meetings ahead of time. I think everybody was more comfortable and didn't feel rushed in trying to do everything at the convocation in a couple of hours and then run into a meeting and give their reports. They had time to really think about what they were doing. Some of the deities are also saying that some of the people who ordinarily wouldn't come to a meeting come home from work, they're tired, they don't want to go out, or they're older and they don't go out at night. So I've actually been able to join in. So in some ways, where attendance might be a little bit better at some of the otiags. So I think we're adapting. I think as soon as we're able to be together, that's a huge thing for us, the fellowship, the being together, and we need to go back to doing that as soon as we can safely. But in the meantime, it looks like we'll probably be doing a lot, an awful lot of online meetings and trying to conduct the Daughters of Artan business in, in that way. What is your message to the daughters who did not have a chance to participate in the online convocation, but are as committed, of course, as the rest of you uh, in terms of seeing things through? Whoever would like to start. I think that, you know, the daughters are very into having their fellowship, their events. They like to get together and they do want to raise funds for the charities that they like to donate to. One of our challenges will be, you know, a lot of their funds come from their dinner meetings and that's not going to be happening. And the events that they do in order to have the fellowship and also raise raise funds is not going to be happening. So we really haven't had a chance yet to think about how to do some of these things. Some of the socials, they'll do online. They can they can have tea parties, they can have coffee clutches, they can have book clubs, oh, they yeah. can have cooking classes. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of things they can do and and they they are. They we've got a lot of very intelligent women with good ideas. And the Avachorut so far, we had one wrap-up meeting the Monday after the convention, just to do a quick wrap-up on what happened at the meetings. But we have not met to really plan out what our thoughts are for the coming year. Well, I was just going to say that some of the Otiags have found different ways of being creative and maybe raising funds, having a, a little raffle of some sort, getting together on Zoom and, and charging for, for this. I mean, it's just little things like that. And uh, the sister seems to be to be very receptive to that idea. Another thing that I wanted to touch on that uh, I think we could discuss is the fact that the sisters were very happy that we were able to do the Zoom. We also suggested, you know, normally we do visitation. Well, obviously we're not able to do that, but 
Abakdidui pointed out that if they wanted us to come to a meeting, a Zoom meeting, please reach out to us and we would be happy to meet them that way. So if they have any other questions or concerns, they can actually see us. They don't have to wait a whole year to see us and ask these questions. I know that that had something to do with the uh, question beforehand, but I did want to get that in. Of course. Did you have a particular message that you wanted to convey to the daughters, uh, either something that you had prepared in advance or that um, you just wanted them to know about where you were and where you're going? Do either of you have that? I think that we just wanted all the sisters to know that we so appreciate the fact that as difficult as this has been, and it is becoming a little easier because we are getting used to it, that we so appreciate the fact that they did step up to having their meetings and conducting their business and getting in touch with their sisters and keeping the door open to talking to each other and keeping in contact with each other. And um, it's not easy to live in today's world and still be upbeat and still continue the business that we're doing. And we just want them, really realizes that this has not been easy for anybody. And we do appreciate the fact that they have all stepped up to the plate here and are doing the best that they can. And we want them to know that we appreciate that. And we're going to continue adapting just like everybody else and and trying to make it an interesting year and maybe have a little fun with each other along the way. Nothing wrong with that. Avak Pokhdirui, have you and your Avak Dirui had a chance to talk to Diruis of the various Ota? I know that you've obviously met during the Grand Convocation, but in these last few months, um, have you heard from the Diruis at Otiags around the country about how they're all dealing with the changes that have been brought about by the pandemic in terms of meetings and the work that needs to be done? What are you hearing from them? Well, yes, they have had questions. We have been in contact with those DOEs, trying to give them advice on how to conduct their meetings. A lot of them were saying normally, especially on the East Coast where the weather is bad, a lot of people are, the sisters are far from each other, that this Zoom would be helpful. So we said, well, yes, this isn't the norm, but if it brings more members to a meeting via Zoom, that we're all for it. And they seem to be very pleased with those answers because we know that it's difficult. Out here in California, it's a little bit different. We are able to get to the meetings most of the time without any big rainstorms or snowstorms or whatever. So I really feel that they were happy, that we're very receptive and very open to any suggestions I mean, that's what we're here for. And any of us can help out in any capacity. We have a wonderful avalkorut. Were there any technical gaffes or difficulties? Uh, actually, no. And let me tell you what we did. I was advised by my daughter that, Mom, you're going to be very busy with trying to run the meeting. And people might have trouble getting on. And why don't you get a couple of tech people that they can call? So I had three sisters who were willing to let me put their phone numbers on the invitation, the Zoom invitation. I sent them an email just the other day and I said, just curiosity, how many of you had a problem? How many people called and had a problem getting on? I only heard back from two of them so far out of the three. And each one of them had one person each, and it was because they were trying 
the wrong Zoom meeting because we had a Didui meeting and then we had the regular meeting the next day and they were trying to come in on the wrong one. So surprisingly enough, with that many people, they either had family members helping them or they had figured it out by now. So we really didn't. And the second thing was our meeting was on Friday. On Saturday afternoon, my whole area had a Wi-Fi something going on. We had no Wi-Fi in my area for three hours. Oh, my. And all I could say was, thank you, God, for not doing this on Friday night. But otherwise, I think, I don't think we had a problem. I don't think so. Which surprised me. That's wonderful. Ladies, I want to thank you both very much for uh, taking a few minutes and talking about what I'm so glad to hear and what nobody will be surprised at hearing was a very successful grand convocation, an online grand convocation, first of its kind in the history of the uh, Daughters of Vartan. And I wish you both the very best uh, in the time ahead. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank Thank you, David. So the Daughters of Vartan now have their first virtual convocation behind them, and it all worked well. The question was, as August began, could the Knights of Vartan do the same? Grand Commander Stephen Adams was at the helm in Fresno, California, as more than 90 knights from across the country and one honored guest from Armenia logged in, beginning just after 4 p.m. West Coast time on August the 11th. Avak Sparibet, thanks for joining me. Sure. I remember in the moments after our first session began, you cut to a second camera that was in the room where you were speaking from, and it looked like quite the command center there, a very well-oiled machine. What was happening in those days, hours, and even the minutes before you officially brought the convocation to order? First of all, you know, we've been holding Zoom meetings for local lodges for some months now. So we've had some good practice in uh, getting... uh, well-known with Zoom and some of the ins and outs. We had practiced a few times, and the goal was to have some of the Avak Timon members present here with me because one of the many things we learned about Zoom is there's a lot going on. I had a large screen in front of me, so I could see 49 members at a time on my screen. But um, there's um, participants' windows, there's chat windows, there's Lots of things going on the screen. So I wanted to have some of my Avak Tivan around with me. So I had that second camera posted kind of behind me just to show the uh, the table we were sitting around and some of the members that were already here. Now, is that at your home? It was my dining room table, <laughs> which has been been better uh, known now as Zoom headquarters. <laughs> for the nice of our time. This is, uh, I've taken over the dining room table and we've got all of our computer stuff and uh I did have to drag an internet, an Ethernet cord across the house because I wanted to be wired in. Of course. Instead of on my Wi-Fi this time. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so, I'm sure that your lovely wife, Salpi, was more than understanding about uh, all the changes <laughs> to the dining room table, huh? Yeah, I think she's gotten used to it at this point. I'm so sure. So we had, we had two of our Avak Tivan members who remoted in. And it was for a couple reasons. But one of the basic ones was just to make sure that we had connectivity in case there was an internet outage at my house. I had another Avak Tivan member um, online from a different location. And as weird as it was, I found out uh, the next day that there was a large internet outage of uh, Comcast in my general area in our city here. 
not too far from me. So it was maybe a good thing we did that. Fortunately, we didn't have any problems, but you never know, just in case. So technically everything, at least from our end, from, you know, we were watching on our screens, everything seemed to be going pretty darn well, technically. Technically, everything went very well. I was very pleased. Uh, we held a practice session uh, the week before the Avak Talij for any member who was new to Zoom, wanted to just practice a little bit. We had a, a practice session. I think I had about 20 people on at that point in time, just to practice with Zoom a little bit. You know, every time we get on Zoom, it seems like we, we learn something new. Another trick somebody had pointed out that uh, if you hit the Alt-A key, it will automatically mute and unmute you. You know, there was just little tricks that we, we seem to pick up. We're getting a lot better at it. We don't have any choice, I guess. Now, in an earlier conversation that we had, uh, you had talked about there was not necessarily a particular moment, but there was there was a point during the spring when you realized, you know, this might just work. What was that? Yes. Well, we realized in March, early April, that the grand convocation, as was being planned in Glendale, wasn't going to happen. You know, we looked at some different alternatives, and I. I kind of left it at that point and thought, well, maybe we might have to just cancel it. I, nobody was going to get on a plane and fly cross country in July under the current situation. Of course. So it was right after that that we held on Zoom um, uh, a meeting of our all of our lodge commanders, our grand district reps, and our past grand commanders. And I had about 40, roughly 40 people on that meeting. And that was the largest Zoom meeting I had conducted at that point in time. And it went so well that I left that meeting and I just said to myself, you know what, we can do this. We can do this on Zoom. Everybody was extremely polite. Nobody was talking over each other. It just went so well that I, I just, I left that meeting and I said, you know what, we can do this. We can do an Avak Talij on Zoom. But there were going to have to be some guidelines that you would set in terms of the number of people who were participating and also how the, the sessions were going to be conducted. How exactly did you make that all work? Because it did work. Yes, um, we, we limited, first of all, we limited the meeting to delegates only. Normally, our Grand Lodge is open to any of our members who wish to attend, but we were concerned because, you know, it's, we potentially could have had a couple hundred people. You know, managing a meeting that size, we had possibly about 130 delegates pos total possible that could have attended. And that was pretty large. And we wanted to keep it to a manageable number, being our first time even doing it. So we, we were limiting it to delegates only. And, you know, just the common etiquette that we use on Zoom nowadays. We don't talk over each other. We try to use the electronic Zoom hand as much as we can. Mm -hmm. so we use the tools that are available in Zoom for voting for polling that do make it very easy. One of the somebody made the comment to me that the voting that we were doing on some of our proposals actually much went much faster. Oh, absolutely. Than it, a normal grand lodge. It sure did. Everything, yeah, everything was just done electronically. We vote on a poll. We let it stay up, stay up for maybe fifty seconds. We let everybody vote, and then we pull the poll down, and the results are displayed, and it's done. So, what may have taken maybe five minutes to count hands and tally up votes uh, at a regular meeting it took less we than a minute. Doing, yeah, we were doing very quickly. Mm -hmm. But then there's the other side of it. Things, you know, it was fast, but 
There were other things that we, a normal Grand Lodge usually runs for two days and maybe six hours a day, which is a total of 12 hours. We were trying to accomplish this in half that time, three hours and two nights. We got pretty close. We, we went over about, I think, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of the first night and maybe about 30 minutes over on the second night. So, and we, we had no idea whether we were going to be able to do it in that time frame or not. So we, we were lucky. I mean, but, you know, we were watching the time. You know, maybe we didn't have as much discussion as we would have normally had on some items because you, we were under such a time crunch. But I think everybody got to discuss. And, um, you know, overall, it, I was very pleased. It, it, it went very well. But you had an itinerary that you had to get through everything from the proposals, constitutional amendments, appropriations. And, and these were all things that required some sort of attention, whether it be an official vote or at least discussion and all of that? Well, you know, we got through all the business. Okay. Um, everything that we wanted to accomplish was accomplished. There were, you know, normally at the end of our meeting, sometimes we'll have good of the order where, where people, you know, might get up and give some good ideas on, on different things. And we just didn't have time for some of that this year. But the actual business of what we had to accomplish was taken care of. We got through everything. And that included, thanks to technology and Zoom, a direct report from our liaison in Armenia. Yeah, we were very fortunate that uh, we were able to have Kohar come on. Unfortunately, the times that we were on Zoom. I know. Were, uh, <laughs> Five o'clock in the morning in, morning in Yerevan. <laughs> early in the morning in Yerevan. So, you know... God bless Kohar. She was up at five o'clock in the morning to uh, give a, a, a very quick and concise report on the, um, some of the projects that she has going on over there. You know, we did. We lost her for a moment in there, and she, but she was right back on. So it's one of the nice things about Zoom. You know, we can we have people on from all over the country. Kohar was on from Armenia. But it was important, though, for those of us as delegates, as well as for you, the leadership, to to hear that report and and. You know, I know that one of the things about not being able to attend a convocation is that you don't get to see each other face to face. And yet through this, we were still able to get a firsthand account with, by the way, a very well put together uh, presentation of graphics and photographs of exactly what was going on and, and the coming, the doings of the office over there. So uh, it did work out well, didn't it? It did. Uh, you know, normally, Kohar would come to our grand convocations mm -hmm. and she would attend in person. Uh, and give her report. And it's important that our, our members hear what's going on over there. Uh, Kohar does a tremendous job keeping us informed, working on projects for the Knights of Artan. I can't tell you how many emails just this morning alone mm -hmm. Kohar and I have had. Well, that's something you told projects. us. And I, I, wanted, I want you to repeat this uh, for our listeners who were not part of the uh, the convocation. What's one of the first things you do every morning, Avak Spadabed? First thing I do every morning is check all my emails. I grab myself, lead it, I roll out of bed. I grab my cell phone next to me, start through the emails, and they usually start us off with uh, Kohar, as we've always got. I've got my emails from her, and uh, this morning was no different. We were discussing uh, matters that we need to start taking care of uh, right after the grand convocation, and um, there's already been emails. She's already working on our next issue of the Avarar, which will be. Uh, coming out shortly. I just got the proof today. Mm -hmm. So with a brand new cover on it, so it looks all nice and fresh again. So it, it's it's work that goes on daily. 
And, you know, with through electronic means now, we're able to keep in communication instantly. Let's face it, just like this spring has been, this is going to be a fall and winter unlike any the Knights and Daughters of Vartan have ever had in their more than 100-year history. Look ahead. Take us ahead for a few months, and, and what do you see happening? I wish I had a crystal ball to mm. tell what's going to happen. We are all in in the Fresno area. We're pretty much closed down. You know, restaurants, you can't get a haircut. Everything's pretty well quarantined down. And I don't see that changing right now for a few months, and it could be into the first of the year. So we're going to be having lodge meetings. I'm hoping our, our lodges all stay active on Zoom. I have been in the most usually during the summer months most of our lodges go dark there they don't meet you know then we might have a function or two but come september we'll probably start up again with with meetings and uh it's probably going to be on zoom i would not be surprised through the end of the year i'm hoping that eventually you know we'll start coming out of it and we can start meeting again in person it's important for our brothers it, it is for me to uh be able to to see our brothers and for me to be able to travel again uh, to go visit lodges. Mm-hmm. I had very little opportunity last year. What I, was the last I, lodge you were able to visit before the shutdown? Do you remember? Either uh, Sevon or Revon down in Los Angeles area. Okay. I was able to I, I was able to make one trip to visit our lodge in Detroit. It was their hundredth anniversary banquet, and I was right. able to attend there. I was able to attend the um, banquet for. Tanar Akcham in New Jersey, honoring yes, him, which gave me an opportunity to meet some of the new with the New York lodges. But short of that, yeah, even some of our other lodges in California, I was not able to get to because things just shut down so quickly. So I'm hoping that, you know, once things start up again, you know, our lodges can start meeting and, you know, I can start visiting some of them. I, I think it's crucial. We want to see our brothers. You know, Zoom, we're fortunate we've got Zoom. It's it's help. We can see each other. It's not quite the same as as being there in person. No, of course not. And we all miss our own brothers here. I mean, I haven't seen uh, most of my brothers from Otterdot Lodge uh, since last spring. And it, it's very yeah. strange because we basically just live within a matter of miles of each other. Getting together has just not been in the cards. And you have some very eloquent and inspiring words for us uh, during our online session. For those members who did not have a chance to attend the online convocation, what is it you would like to say to them, and, and what is it you want you think it's important for them to know about our mission, our work in this time ahead, especially in these uncertain times? The biggest thing in my mind is the fact that even though we are kind of forced to meet on Zoom, the mission of the Knights of Vartan continues on, and that can only continue. We can only be of help to our homeland. We can only be of help to our local communities if we stay strong as an organization. That's one of the fundamental, I think, things that I was, I've was i been saying and, and, and pushing for the past year. We as an organization need to stay strong. That is one of our, one of the basic things that, that we need to address in the coming year or two. If we want to be of help to Armenia, if we want to be uh, help to our local communities, and I think we have there's a lot of places where our work and help and assistance is needed. That only happens if we're strong as an organization. That means strong members, active members, and seeking out new members, uh, individuals who would make good members for the Knights of Our Time. That is a duty of every OSPED. I've said numerous times, and you will see it in an article coming out in the Avarar shortly, 
that, you know, this relegating this to a membership committee or a membership chairman is not the answer. The answer is every OSPED brother uh, has to take this on as their own mission. That if I believe in the Knights of Arton and I think what they're doing is good, then I have to continue to find members who will take my place and the place of our parents and grandparents in this organization. That's the only way we stay strong. And that is critical to our mission going into the next few years. We face lots of challenges. Our homeland in Armenia faces tremendous challenges. Our local communities face tremendous challenges, especially right now in this COVID crisis. You know, all of our Armenian organizations, our churches are suffering tremendously, not just financially, but spiritually. Indeed they are. And this is part of the mission of the Knights of Vartan, to help out these organizations. Eventually we're going to come out of this. Uh, It's going to take some time. But our organizations and our communities are going to need to be rebuilt a little bit. Going to church, attending our organizational functions, not just Knights of Ashton, but everything that deal with our Armenian community. We're going to have to work on rebuilding those things because a lot of that is habit. You know, I'm in the habit of going to church. I'm in the habit of attending this picnic. And we're going to need to kind of rebuild that in in our communities. And the Knights of Ashton can be a part of that. Absolutely. And of course, we are looking ahead, and uh, if hopefully everything works out and uh, we are past the COVID at that time, we will be getting together in Glendale in July of 2021 and in Armenia in September of that year for Veritas Heidenik 5. So there are things to look forward to and, and the resumption of our meetings at some point, even if right now we don't know when that's going to be. But uh, as you said, our work and our mission goes on. Avak Spadabit, thank you so very much for taking a few minutes to talk to us. And uh, again, congratulations on a very successful virtual online grand convocation. Let's hope it's our last, but at least we know that if we have to, it can be done again. It can be done again. And thank you, David, for hosting uh, Talking Barton. It's uh, another way we get our message out there electronically. So I want to thank you for all of your work. The pleasure is mine. So that's a look at Grand Convocation 2020, virtual style. Delegates still came together, albeit electronically. Discussions were held, votes were taken, and decisions were made. Was it a challenge? You bet. Was it important? Absolutely. Our mission, our work, it all continues, even in this age of COVID. Again, my thanks to Grand Matron Alice Kalustian, Grand Vice Matron Lucille Farsakian, and Grand Commander Stephen Adams, all of whom spoke to me from California. Now, all of you know about the terrible explosions that rocked the port of Beirut in Lebanon on the afternoon of August the 4th. The blasts were incredibly powerful and they were felt for literally hundreds of miles. Nearly 200 people were killed, some 6,000 were injured, and more than 300,000 are now homeless. The Knights of Vartan has undertaken a fundraising drive to raise money to help those affected by the blasts. The money raised will be divided among three organizations, the AGBU, the Armenian General Benevolent Union, AMAA, the Armenian Missionary Association of America, and ARS, the Armenian Relief Society. The funds will be used for emergency response, medical assistance, and food distribution. Now, it's very easy to make a donation to this worthy cause. Simply go to kofv.com. 
www.kofi.org slash helplebanon. And again, it's our website, kofv.org slash helplebanon. I'll have a link to that site on the Talking Vartan Facebook page. Please give what you can, and thank you, from all of us in the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. Of course, I hope you'll check out the Knights and Daughters of Vartan website at kofv.org. You'll find information there covering more than a hundred years of Knights and Daughters of Vartan history, information about our lodges and otyags, our leadership, scores of photographs, and you can even read or download back issues as well as the current issue of our digital and print publication, Avarai. The Knights and Daughters of Vartan Facebook page, that's always worth a look. That's where you'll find up-to-date photos and information regarding not only our many projects and humanitarian efforts in Armenia, but also news from our lodges and otyags across the United States. But our social media connections don't stop with Facebook. Want more Knights and Daughters of Vartan? Then check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. All of our Knights and Daughters of Vartan media resources are managed and maintained by our friend and communications liaison in Armenia, Gohar Palyan. Now, if you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions about our Talking Vartan podcast, I'd sure love to hear from you. You can reach me directly at talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com. Say that once again, talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com or through the Talking Vartan Facebook page. If you have an idea for a future podcast episode, or if there's a lodge, otyag, or individual member of either the Knights or Daughters that you think deserves some special recognition on this program, please let me know. As always, thanks to Mal Barsamian for our theme music, Lorke Lorke, from his album, One Take, Armenian Dance Songs. Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast is the exclusive property of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and Osped David Medzorian. Any use of this podcast without the expressed written permission of both parties is prohibited. It was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said, Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Thank you for your service to the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. I'm Osped David Medzorian of Ararat Lodge No. 1 in Boston. Shnoragalen, Sireli Paregamner.